Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. We do want to welcome our online viewers and listeners, those of you that are perhaps listening on the podcast. It's an honor to have you. We consider you a part of this family. Hope Covenant Church, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? Great to have you. Yeah, I believe the power of God is here. How many of you felt the Lord during worship? This message is on royalty, and Father, I thank you, Lord, as we look to your word, that it does not return void. Lord, we ask for an encounter with you. Lord, we're not here to have a production. We're not here to have a show. We're here to learn from your word. And I thank you, Lord, that this would be a life-changing message for every one of us as we're convicted by the things that you say. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe that, would you shout amen. amen. Listen, if you're here and you have a heart that beats in your chest, which is everybody here, hopefully, um, let us know if we need to call an ambulance. Um, but I believe that this is a message of hope for you that you can understand that God loves you, that God has set you apart. We just did a message set apart. But that you would literally come in touch with the feeling and the knowledge of, the, actually, let's say knowledge of and then feeling, which follows. The Lord has not overlooked you. And if you're here this morning and you've submitted some things to the Lord and you feel overlooked or perhaps in this season you are dealing with fear every day, I want to encourage you that we have to adjust our perspective like we talked about last week and understand that we are royals. In Luke 12, verse 48, it says, but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. And so I believe that at this church, because we're here and under the word of God and everyone within the sound of my voice that's hearing the call, you've been given much. And so what is the Lord requiring of us in this season? I'll say this. What are we honored to do for the Lord in this season rather than the word required? Because I believe it's an honor to serve the Lord. Are you with me this morning? I want to share with you a story. When I was a kid, and this all kind of correlates, I like to share from personal experience. I grew up on the beach. I grew up in on Long Island, New York, and then in New Jersey. And uh, we would go to the beach a lot. I'm not a beach person. I would way prefer the mountains. Can I get an amen from anybody who's a mountain person? Um, because, listen, he ascends, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? It says nothing about a beach. Just want to get our scripture clear. <laughs> I'm joking. I know I've got a lot of beach people that are like, don't be hating. Okay. It's cool. It's all the Lord created it all. I'm just kidding. But I, we were beach people. I don't like to get dirty, but we were, we were beach people. And I went in the ocean. I would boogie board when I was a kid and I would like pretend like I knew how to surf on my boogie board. It was awesome. But my parents uh, put out a blanket and they were sitting there. Uh, and, and I went in the water and there was a, a, I guess they call them rip currents or whatever it was that pulled me really, really far from where they were on the beach. And I was blissfully ignorant in this moment to what was happening. I was just in the water having fun 
on, waiting for the waves. And I think I was eight years old at the time. And I got out on the beach. I rode a wave in. And I, I noticed when I looked out, I, I, I panicked because I saw nobody familiar. And I didn't even realize what had happened. I had drifted so far from where they were that I was, I was in shock. And I looked to the left and I saw nobody that I knew. I looked to the right and I, I was literally running like back and forth. It's kind of hilarious now as a kid, tears streaming out of my eyes because I was a Pentecostal kid who thought for sure my parents were raptured. Uh, that's, uh, look, yeah, church kid problems right here. I was like, I know what I did that day before we got here. But seriously, all these vain imaginations started. If you, I'm telling you, I, I really did think that. But uh, I, I remember this panic that came over me. Perhaps many of you had goals and things that you believe you heard from God in January, and now we're in June, and you look up and you recognize nothing familiar, and you're panicking because you've drifted. Or perhaps in your spiritual walk, you look up and you're like, oh my God, and you're panicking because you realize you've drifted. Maybe you thought things would have happened that haven't. Maybe the plan looks way different today than it did in January. And you, you're, you were writing down dreams and plans and you're like, God, what are you doing in this moment? You're just trying to wrap your head and gain some understanding. I want to look at a story in Proverbs where a mom was encouraging her son who was a king. And this is where the royalty thing comes in who had drifted and she's trying to pull him back. And she finds her son who is doing some things that were common in culture to do, but she's trying to encourage him that there's more and, and, and maybe you need to adjust some things. In Proverbs 31, you're probably all familiar with the Proverbs 31 woman. That's not where we're going today. But this mom is calling out to her son as a king and she says, listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. So obviously this is a mom contending for a son, praying for his best future. Can any moms in this room relate? Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. And I love this right here. Everybody say, it is not for kings. It is not for kings. If I didn't name my message royalty, it would have been called, it's not for kings. Lemuel, it's not for kings. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprived all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Now here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to take your mind off of the beer and the wine aspect and the women aspect Remember their misery no more. So here's what I want to ask you. What has become normal that has actually become a barrier in our life? What are things that as we are walking through life have become normal that are obstacles? What are things that we are addicted to? I'll tell you right now something that I'm addicted to that the Lord convicted me of that's become normal that should not be normal in my life. At 11 o'clock, I get hangry. I get the munchies real bad at 11 o'clock at night. Anybody with me here in this room? Like 11 o'clock hits, you're like, boom, where the chip's at? And I went to do it, in the la and last night the Lord said, it, it is not fit for a king that. And I was like, I I'm just, this is food. Like, why are you convicting me of this? He said, because this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've not been sleeping well. This Here's the reason why. 
your stomach is awake and you're trying to sleep. You should not be eating after 10 o'clock. That's like a medical fact. Stop eating. Just, just shut your mouth. We're good now. And I, I was convicted of this. So that's just a minor thing. Is that necessarily sin? Well, it's sin if I ignore the Holy Ghost. Anytime the Holy Ghost speaks, I need to be obedient. Can I get an amen from anybody who agrees with that? We got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, because that's what will increase the quality of our life. So it's what has become normal that's become a barrier. It's normal in society to overspend and be in debt. It's normal in society to not watch the words that are coming out of our mouth. I've been convicted on this one just this week. It's normal in society to post on social media whatever you're feeling in the moment because your emotions dictate that. It's normal to binge watch Netflix and overeat and, and not work out and do different things when we're stressed out. It's easy. Let's face it, though. Normal is not working. Normal's not working. Do you want to be normal or do you want to be set apart? That's my question. And I've been on this anthem for the past couple weeks. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about this. You were never meant to be normal. You were meant to be royal. And I want to say this. Say this with me. I was never meant to be normal. I am royal. Yeah, so we're set apart, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's special possession. And I'm going to leave it right there. You are God's special possession, set apart, called for great things. Because God called us out of darkness, we are no longer blind. And because we are no longer blind, we can see that we are chosen. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's very own position. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light because God called us out of darkness. We're not blind because we are no longer blind. We can see that we are chosen. Ezekiel 37 says that the hand of the Lord is on us. Guys, when you're dealing with a struggle, when there's something that you're looking at that looks impossible, how many of you know that he's the God of the impossible? We need to declare this verse over our life, Ezekiel 37, 1, that the hand of the Lord is on me. You need to declare that when you're looking at the impossible, when you need faith to make it through a moment. I thank you, Lord, Ezekiel 37, 1, that the hand of the Lord is on me. And decree that and press through by faith. We're not called to be drifters. We're called to be influencers. You're not called to be worried about where you are in the moment. We've got to trust the Lord. I've said this many times that man or woman, we make our plans, but God is the one who brings the ordination and directs our steps. So in January, when we wrote down all of our goals and all of our visions, and now it's June and God's tailoring and changing some things, what do we do? We got to go with the flow of what God wants, because I could tell you that the destination, it will be probably better than we planned if we really do trust the Lord and walk by faith and not by sight. If we don't get intimidated by the left turn instead of the right turn, oh, that's easier said than done. But we're not called to be drifters. We're called to be influencers. And we're called to know that God is moving on our behalf. 
Why? Because then your testimony can help somebody else that's like, I don't know what to do in this moment. I'm looking at the economy. I'm looking at gas prices. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. You're not a drifter. You're an influencer. What do we do? We walk by faith and not by sight, and we trust that he's got the narrative in his hands, and he knows when and where and how. He's the God of the impossible. He can make the impossible possible. Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16, and I'm going to read this out of the message because I love how it puts it. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. In other words, yay God for this week. Yay God for your goodness. Yay God for your greatness. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous father in heaven. That's a good word. By the way, Patrick, I got one for you. How much does an influencer weigh in Instagram? Just listen, I had to break the tension. Y'all are like staring at me. I I just, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted, it's it's a competition thing. We'll, We'll be good. I'll see you next Sunday. Maybe you feel like, how can I do great things? I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a waitress. I'm an electrician. I'm in sales. I'm a landscaper. I'm in retail. How many of you know that God puts us in places where we are ordained to be an influencer with a sphere that only you have? And rather than begrudging the position of where you are, ask God to move. The Bible says, if you feel like you're in a menial position, the Bible says when we're faithful in the little, we'll be given much. So what do I do when I feel like I'm in a menial position and I'm depressed when I think about it? I do my best for God, trusting that he will see me be faithful in this moment. And there is a promotion that will come. It's a scriptural principle. Be faithful in a moment of frustration. Be faithful in a moment of not understanding. Be faithful in a moment where you feel like I'm crushed, but I'm, you know what? I'm persecuted. I'm, I'm, I'm crushed. I, I feel this, but you know what? I'm not because we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, and amen. Your promises are still there. You're still faithful. You didn't change. I want to say this, you aren't perfect, but you were wonderfully made and created in the image of Christ Jesus. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Maybe you feel like you've drifted from your purpose, but I want to encourage you today that God's called you to greater things than you could ever imagine. God has called you to greater things than you can ever imagine. Whatever it is that's sitting in your journal that you're like, Lord, I believe you've called me to this. He's called you to even greater. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 to 21. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. So God gives us purpose But here's the key, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. But we play a part in the proportion of our purpose. You go, what do you mean by that? We play a part in the proportion of our purpose. Your level of obedience gives you access to the level of blessing that you'll get. 
the more obedient you are to the, you go, oh, so it's about works. It's about the fact that by your fruit, we'll know you. I have a whole generation saying to me, don't judge me. Okay, I, I agree. It's not my place to judge. I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. I was in a coffee shop this week, and I had a girl say, don't judge. It was about a sin issue. They, they knew where I stood on it. I said, I'm not going to judge. I don't need to worry about that. God's going to do that. I'm not worried about it. And she just looked like, oh, snap, what, what, what's going on right now? I said, I'm not the judge. I'm not. Thank God I'm not the judge, because there would be a whole lot of people here, not here right now. You go, I thought you were a pastor. I'm, <laughs> I'm a human being with a heart. You think, I mean, come on. I drive on 485 just like y'all do, or 77 or 85. I have the rock marks in my windshield from the 18-wheeler that cut me off. I understand. I get it. There's a testing of the flesh. But we, we play a part in the proportion of our purpose. When we keep ourselves clean and set apart, God will use us for a special purpose. God will use our sacrifice because, listen, sin, when you say no, that's a sacrifice now, understanding that there's something greater coming later. Amen? John Maxwell says, you have to give up to go up. Here's what I want to ask you. How many things right now is the Lord asking you to give up so you can go up? He's calling you higher. How many things is God saying, let it go? including your spirit of fear, by the way, that could be holding you back. You go, I'm uncomfortable not being afraid. I'm so used to being afraid that I'm freaked out over letting fear go. Because that's insanity. Let it go. Trust God. Walk by faith and not by sight. What John is referring to is that you have to sacrifice certain things when you're called to greatness. I was watching a, a video. President Bush has an amazing ranch in, in Texas. We have friends that actually have property not far from his. And I was watching this video, and Jay Leno was actually interviewing him. Jay's a car guy, and he's got a Ford F-150. It's a King Ranch, which is a really nice pickup truck. I lived in Texas. That's the Texas BMW, just so you all know. The Ford F-150 King Ranch, you know, up in the south. Love that. So it's probably the same in North Carolina. But in Texas, it's really the case. They actually make Texas special edition trucks, and they're, they're awesome. Um, but they were interviewing uh, President Bush on all of this, uh, Jay Leno was, and, and he said, you know, I love your truck. And he says, yeah, I love it too. He said, I enjoy driving it around my ranch. The Secret Service doesn't let me drive it anywhere else. Because President Bush, our version of president, that's royalty. And there's a certain posture, there's certain things that he has to sacrifice because he's royalty. Guys, you're royalty, and because you're royalty, there's certain things you have to sacrifice. When you're staring at the computer screen and an image comes up, you got to go, I'm royalty, I don't look at that. I'm set apart, I'm different, I don't do that. When you're at Starbucks and you feel like chewing somebody out that's mistreating you because you're a Christian, you're royalty, you don't get the privilege of doing that. When you're, when you're, when you're about to gossip about somebody and you're about to speak, no, you're royalty, you don't get to do that. You get to live for him. Can I get an amen with anybody who's like, yes, today, yes, my obedience in that. I love this. Grant Cardone says, sacrifice today so you don't have to compromise tomorrow. If I had a business, that would be on the header of my door. Sacrifice today so you don't have to compromise tomorrow. I want to say to those of us that are struggling with sin, we're going to sacrifice today so we don't have to compromise our destiny and our future tomorrow. 
Are you willing to give up sin? I will ask you, does sin have your heart? Whatever I put in is what will come out when pressure is on. You know, it's funny. This week I had some pressure on me. And the speech that was coming out of my mouth that was about to, I just turned into tongues. I was like, Anyway, I, I, I felt the pressure coming on and I felt what was in my spirit. It was revealed to me in that moment what was really in here. And I went, Jesus, Holy Ghost, I hear you speaking to me. And I heard him clear as day. It would be nice if you'd shut up right now. And I went, I don't do that real well. He goes, I know. That's why I'm here. See, we got to change things. We got to be willing to change things. This doesn't exclude me. This is especially for me. The Holy Ghost is in him. He's, listen, he's loving, but he's strong. There's times he's a New York Italian with me because that's what I need to hear. He knows how to get our attention. We all hear the voice of the Holy Spirit maybe differently. You might hear it differently than I do. But you know when you're hearing something that you don't want to hear in that moment, you go, oh, that's Holy Ghost. I know what that is. Oh, yeah, I feel that. I want the influence of Hope Covenant Church, no matter how large we grow, to not be because of the size of our church, but rather because of the purity of our church. I want... I want Hope Covenant to grow and explode because we're walking pure and holy. And so if we all as members, each one of us individually go, this is about me. And we take this seriously. Guys, can I tell you worship would look so much different? Can I tell you there will be lines out the doors. We would have to get a bigger building much quicker. I want this church to grow off of authenticity and purity. The people know that when they walk through these doors that they're loved and they're accepted and they're treated like royalty. We need to roll out the red carpet for the person that comes in here that's not dressed appropriately instead of, I cannot believe how they're dressed. Don't be judgmental. Don't be critical. And can I tell y'all something that the Lord's been convicting me of more and more? We don't need to correct every issue that we see. We got to let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. You go, well, I'm watching what they're posting and I don't like it. Well, then pray for them. That's probably what the Lord is showing you, but you don't need to correct every, you are not the Holy Ghost high sheriff. Neither am I. We're going to let the Holy Ghost do the work. My job is not to convict you. I just put it out there as a seed, and the Holy Spirit does that work. And I thank the Lord for that. That takes a great deal of pressure off of me. So there are things that culture does that it's just not okay for me as royalty. Are you watching movies that maybe, hey, I'm royalty. I probably shouldn't be watching this. Are you using language? Are you drinking too much? Are you online and addicted to some things that, hey, you got to just recognize I'm royalty. Am I going to pursue relevancy or am I going to pursue righteousness? And I want to pause right here. I see a lot of churches right now that are trying to be relevant and trying to be trendy. And we've got the lights and we've got the production. And, and I, 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 sometimes I'm not being critical of any other church. Guys, I can get caught in this too because I love, I love having fun in church and I love production. But I will always lean towards righteousness above relevancy. We've got to get back to the basic principles of why have we gathered? Because can I tell you something about Jesus? When he was in the temple, there were no lights. There were no sound systems. There were no keyboards. I believe there were instruments, but there was no keyboards. They were worshiping, but it looked a lot different then. 
And there was an authenticity in a community that we've got to get back to as the church. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22 says, stay away from every kind of evil. On the other side of obedience, guys, write this down in your notes if you would. On the other side of obedience is great opportunity. Yeah, the Lord will open up doors of opportunity when you're obedient in the tough times. When we live holy, it builds trust with God to use us in a greater capacity. And I want to give you another example. My parents, when I turned 16, sat me down at the kitchen table. I just lost my brother. So, you know, I was very curious as a, as a kid what was going to happen because I got my license. And I expected, like helicopter parents, because I just lost my brother in a jet ski accident, I expected I probably would not be able to drive like all my friends because everybody would have been scared. My parents had the exact opposite reaction. My dad helped me get a car, bought me a Mercedes 240D. If you know anything about diesel cars, Mercedes, if you're impressed by that, it was, it was, by the way, the same year I was born, 1982. It was a 1980, and when I did this, it was back in 1998, I believe. So that's when I got that car, 19, so it was a pretty old car, Mercedes 240Ds, you press the gas pedal, count to 10, and then it'll go. That's just how that car works. It was not a turbo, it was not sexy, but it was awesome. It was a, it was a steel car, and so my parents, they, they bought this for me, and then they sat me down, and they said, listen, here's the deal. You have no curfew. What? I was like, are you kidding me right now? You have no curfew. Now I had trust built with my parents and I had to keep in touch with them with where I was and they needed to know I was safe, but they said, you have no curfew. My dad said, look, here's the deal. And he helped me get my first job. He said, I'm going to help you get your first job. Here's the deal. Here's what you're going to do. Now you could be late out late with friends. That's cool. As long as I know where you are and you're keeping yourself pure and holy, I'm good with all that. We're building trust here. And so I, I want you to know that I trust you, but I also want you to know that if I find, and by the way, he was my boss, because um, the job, I had a supervisor that was not my dad, which was smart, but he was my boss boss. And so if I find that you're late for work, we'll maybe have to retailer this. And I never lost my parents' trust because the tactic was that I was free and I wanted to stay free. Are you with me? Yes. When we're Christians, and we accept the Lord and we repent of our sin, we're free. Now the ticket is, how do we stay free? My question is, are we building trust with God? Are we putting money in the bank, credits in the bank that, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to this work that you want to carry out in my life? I'm viewing this moment. I'm stewarding this moment that you own, that you've given me for your kingdom purposes. It's a question. And as basic as this is, it's a question I'm asking myself, having been saved my entire life. I'm 40 years old now. That hurts to say a little bit, but I'm 40 years old now. Thank you. But on the other side of obedience, there's great opportunity. When we live holy, it builds trust with God to use us in a greater capacity. And I want to encourage you with this as we wrap up, that God has more. And I want to say this to somebody who feels this condemnation that I've been talking about, that God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for posture. He's not looking for you to be perfect. You're going to blow it. What do we do when we blow it? Repent. Here's the posture that pleases God. And in Psalms 51 verse 10, David, one of my favorite characters that Patrick was bashing earlier. No, I'm just kidding. Saying Samson's the best musician. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. 
That's got to be a daily prayer. Because if you're anything like me, it only takes five minutes and you need that prayer. God, clean this out and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So what do we do when we catch ourselves drifting? Here's an action plan I want to give you really simple as we wrap up today. That if we catch ourselves drifting, number one is repent. I have writing out core values right now for Hope Covenant Church and repent is at the top of the list because we've turned repent into a dirty word, but can I tell you it's a wonderful word. It's not a dirty word. I've been married for 20 years in April and I can tell you that even with my wife, it's a wonderful word. It's an instant game changer. It's an instant mood changer. When I just look at her and say, I'm sorry, it's huge. It's not a dirty word. Repent simply means I'm asking forgiveness and I'm changing my direction. I'm saying I'm sorry and I will not do this again to the best of my ability by God's grace. By the way, I say that to Liz all the time. I'm sorry and by his grace, I won't do it again. By his grace. But 1 John 1 verses 8 to 9, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Can I read that again? Because that's really good. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Why is that? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you're acting self-righteous, probably a bad idea because we know that you stink just like the rest of us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's that simple, which is why we have got to be quick to forgive because it's clear here in scripture that God is quick to forgive when we repent, not a dirty word. Christianity starts with repentance. And I want to say this, it's sustained by repentance. Can I read that again? And I need everybody to say amen. As soon as I'm done with this phrase, Christianity starts with repentance and it's sustained by repentance. Amen. That's a good word. It's sustained by keeping ourselves pure. That's a good word. Number two is reach out. Reach out to God and ask him to wash you clean of any sin. Reach out to someone who you know is walking righteously and ask for accountability. Someone that you can trust that's going to help you stay away from the sin that you've walked away from when you struggle with it. Because I can tell you, when you repent and it ain't over, the enemy is going to try to attack you again and again and again. And he's going to look for the foothold that he can get. And you just got to say no more and have accountability and say, hey, listen, I, I, you know, I trust you. I want you to speak into my life right now. I'm really trying. I do that with Liz. I'm really trying. Remember, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for posture. We all need accountability and encouragement. James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We saw that this week. And then the third one is re-engage. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in well-doing for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When we re-engage, we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit who shows us what pleases and what displeases him. He begins to speak to us and we begin, I love this part, to hear the Holy Spirit clearly, to adjust the things that he shows us that need to be adjusted. 
Guys, we need revival. I love this definition. What is revival? Can we put this on the screen? Revival is renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. It is giving up one's will to God in deep humility. That's what revival is. Renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by me having this intense desire to live under the lordship of God and walk humbly before the Lord that when he shows me, it's yes, sir. I understand that you're telling me this, not because you're displeased that you are angry at me, but because you love me. The correction of God is the downright mercy of God. It's the downright mercy of God that he loves us enough to say, you're wrong. Somebody just heard Donald Trump when I said that. But the Holy Spirit, he loves us just that much. So I want to pray that the Lord will revive us today. If we could just bow our heads and bow our hearts to the Lord. Father, I thank you, Jesus, that we're royals. We're royalty in this room. We're set apart called to great things and it's just this simple today no matter who you are no matter where you're at can we just all take a moment just us and God just you and Holy Spirit you just ask the Lord to convict you this morning maybe there's an area where you haven't been trusting God maybe there's an area of where there's lack of discipline or Maybe there's some things you've let slide in your life that are there's spiritual goals that you once had and you look at them and you go, I, I don't have those goals anymore. What, what has happened to me? I have drifted so far from where I need to be. Maybe it's your time with the Lord or maybe you haven't been taking the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Maybe you've gotten out of the practice of being in community being in church and, 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 and fellowshipping and taking time for that. Maybe you've been scared to death over where, what am I going to do in a certain area of your life, whatever that may be. Lord, we release it to you. And we thank you, Lord, that it's very simple. When we repent, you wash us clean. And here's what I want all of us royals in this room to do. Can you just take a deep breath? Just breathe in and breathe out and know that he loves you and know that he cares about you and knows that he sees you as a royal. It is not for a king. It is not for a queen that you should dot, dot, dot. And Father, we just right now, we dedicate that we're going to live holy, we're going to live pure, that it's not perfection, but it's posture. And we posture ourselves, Holy Spirit, God, you number one, in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you shout amen? Amen. Guys, the Lord's good, and I believe he's got amazing plans. I believe he's got a tremendous destiny for each of us. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.